When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, welcome back. Let's uh, break down Penn State versus Michigan Saturday noon at Beaver Stadium. This should be a, a really good game. Uh, Michigan's favored by a point and a half. I think the line initially earlier this week was Penn State by a point, so it's right around there at that pick kind of line. Jared Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports joins me here. Jared, what's up with you today, buddy? Oh, another day in paradise. We're just getting prepared for high school girls basketball season. Coaching Lady Lions as an assistant. You know, we're gearing up for the beginning of the year and decided to come in here and talk about some college football in the meantime. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to do this in the studio here for the next few weeks. Uh, um, I- I'll go ahead and get some picks here early because I think Michigan's going to beat Penn State. Uh, Jared, you're picking Penn State to beat Michigan, mm-hmm. but we're 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 all probably kind of in that 27, 24, 23, 21 kind of kind of range. Why do you think Penn State ultimately wins? I mean, I think they're the home they're the home team obviously. That I think in itself is a big factor. Beaver Stadium now it's a noon game. You get Michigan coming halfway across the country uh, from the Mitten State. Um, and you know what? Sean Clifford's played pretty well uh, when he's healthy and I think that they have as good a shot as any to take down Harbaugh and the and the Fighting Wolverines. We're going to get to Harbaugh in a minute, the most overrated coach in any sport in this country. But you've got Penn State scoring 31 points, man, 31-24. That's a lot of points. How do you have that kind of faith in that? In that Penn State offense. Well, I've seen the Michigan offense or Michigan defense be vulnerable, and you know, you know, Kenneth Walker ran all over them for Michigan State. Now that's a guy that's a Heisman Trophy candidate, um, but they were very, very vulnerable against Michigan State earlier in the season. Uh, when Penn State's offense clicks, you know, they have Jahan Dotson, who I think is one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the country. That's a good one-two combo. You throw in Parker Washington, Theo Johnson. I think the Penn State offense really has an opportunity to, to put some points on the board if they can execute, and if Sean Clifford plays like Sean Clifford is capable of playing. That's interesting, uh, because I, I think Penn State can win this game. I don't think it's going to be some upper 20s or 30s kind of game, though. If, if Penn State wins the game, to me, I, I think it's going to have to be in the lower 20s. Uh, I hate to say teens. John Sauber from the Center Daily Times in our uh, media prediction survey that we do, he picked Penn State 17-13. I'll, I'll fall asleep in that kind of game. I just... Games that don't get to the 20s, I, I just uh, have a hard time with those. That that Illinois game still gives me nightmares. I, I'm, I still wake up sh- you know, shivering in the middle of the night with cold sweats. and No more overtimes! End this! Um, I, I got I to gotta have points. But to me, if Penn State's going to win this game, it, it's going to have to be with defense. Because I think Michigan's going to move the ball. Uh, Wisconsin has run on Penn State. Iowa ran up. There have been some teams that ran, Auburn did. There have been some teams that ran on Penn State. And I think Michigan's going to run on Penn State. But 
the difference with this Penn State team is the red zone. And I wrote this earlier in the week, the most valuable person uh, in the Penn State football program to me, not the most important person, because that's Sean Clifford, and the best player is Jahan Dotson. To me, the most important person in the Penn State program is Brent Pry. Because when you take a look at their defense, Jared, they they play the bend but don't break. You can get to the to the red zone on them, but they've been spectacular in the red zone. So to me, I mean, you've got you've got Penn State thirty one twenty four. I'm picking Michigan twenty three twenty, but that score could be reversed depending on how either of these teams do in the red zone. Right, and and Brent Pry's been a level of consistency at Penn State since he got there, and you know he's one of those guys that has his defense ready to play. And, and you you mentioned the bend but don't break, and that's great. But when that when that field gets smaller and smaller, they really step up. And the Penn State defense, you know, Jaquan Brisker, Jair Brown, you know, the back end of that defense has played really really good football this year. Um, up front, you lose PJ Mustafer, but you know it seems like that, other than that Illinois game where they just got absolutely gashed. That defensive line is is really made up for it. So you know when you're when you're down there and you're in the shadow of your own goalpost and your own end zone, you know they bear down and and that's exactly what you need. The the less points in the board, the better. It's just up to the offense at times to put put those points up there too. You know you're a football coach. Um, line play, line play will determine football games. Am I accurate in saying eighty percent? Is it higher? Is it 90%? The team that has the better offensive defensive lines are going to win what percentage of football games? Oh, I'd say probably about 85 to 90%. I mean, up front is where the and you know the, the battle is in the trenches. If you're if your offensive line is better than their defensive line and vice versa, that more often than not you're going to win football games. And to me, Michigan has the better offensive line and the better defensive line and the better running game. Look, I I don't I don't think we're going to see any kind of blowout here. These are gonna, this is going to be a close game. I think Penn State can maybe hit some big pass plays. But just the fact that the Wolverines are strong on both lines, um, that's my biggest concern from a Penn State perspective is that if, if Michigan Michigan is going to run the ball. Now, they're throwing it a little bit more than they did early in the year. Early in the year, they were like a service academy. They were running like 80% of the place. Um, but if Michigan determines, hey, we are going to run the football – 75% of the time, and we've seen Jim Harbaugh do this. We've seen uh, him get conservative in these kinds of games. If if they want to do that, Jared, I don't really think – and again, I'm, not, I'm talking between the 20s. I don't think there's much Penn State's going to be able to do to stop Michigan on the ground. No, and I think that's fair. Um, I mean, the biggest thing for Penn State is playing complementary football and keeping – the Penn State offense on the field, and in this year's offense, you know they have a they have a big tendency three and out, and a, and it's not even a cloud of dust. Yeah. And you know what? If you can keep Michigan's offense off the field, life is going to be great. That's a that's a good point. Um, you you want to? They have had a couple of nice drives with some 89, 90 yard drives here in, in recent weeks, but that is a key point because the Penn State offense is just all or nothing. It is, it's like, here's plan A. Sean and Jahan, you go make plays and win us the game. Here's plan B. Were you sick earlier when you said that they had a running game? I'm wondering how, I was wondering how long I could let it go, like, before people start to wonder, are they still there? What the, what the heck? Did I, did I, did I, did, like, they're pushing buttons or, or, like, well, what happened there? Because plan B is there is no plan B. 
That, that's my point. Plan A is, hey, Sean and John, you go win the game. Plan B, Bubkus. I don't, I don't think there is a plan B on this offense. They can't run the football for crap. And, you know, they, they haven't used the tight ends maybe as much as you want them to. Parker Washington looks real good sometimes. DeAndre Lambert-Smith looks good sometimes. Then they disappear. Sean Clifford, if he can run the ball, if he's healthy enough, maybe he can do something. But who, who knows? I just don't know that there's a plan B outside of, Jahan, you go get 200 yards receiving. Well, when we went radio silent there for a couple seconds, um, that was a really good live, uh, a live inter- interpretation of the Penn State run game. It just doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't exist. And this is a team that needs to run the football. They, we talked all, we talk all the time, both in person, off, off air, wherever, about the Penn State running game. This is supposed to be a position of strength, and I don't really think that it's the running back's fault. It's very hard to run the football when you're getting hit yard, two yards, three yards in the backfield, and trying to escape that. Um, but again, you know, establish the run. And this is a game where last year Penn State won their first game against Michigan. The, I love the comparisons between Franklin and Harbaugh because, um, first, comparing coaches uh, and situations, I don't necessarily think that it's fair because Franklin inherited a disaster uh, when he got to Penn State and, and University Park. Harbaugh is an alum, Michigan alum. They really weren't, Michigan was really wasn't in dire straits. Um, but you know, you look at the body of work, and Franklin, while the winning percentage isn't quite up to, to what Harbaugh has done, he does have that elusive Big Ten championship that um, Harbaugh, because he can't beat Ohio State and, and every other Jim year. Jim Harbaugh State- is a fraud. I, 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 Jim Harbaugh is a fraud. Jim Harbaugh does less with more than any coach in this country. Less with more. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is the single most overrated coach in all of sports because what do we talk about with Jim? We talk about Jim Harbaugh. We talk about him. He's kooky. He does sleepovers at recruits' houses. The pleat of the pants. He, he, Jim Harbaugh is the story, okay? Because and, and he, he's just a weird, wacky guy, and he does things, and he acts peculiar and kooky and all of these things. And yet, and look, Michigan has a top 10 team. And maybe I'll eat my words this year if Michigan can find a way to beat Ohio State and actually, you know, accomplish something in the Big Ten East. Because, yeah, you say elusive. James Franklin's got a, a Big Ten a Big Ten title. Jim Harbaugh doesn't. Jim Harbaugh gets more attention than any coach in this country who, who hasn't deserved it, who hasn't earned it. They underachieve. His record against Michigan State and Ohio State is laughable. I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh's probably saved his job this year by this start. But if, if he loses to Penn State and loses to Ohio State, he's already lost to Michigan State. I mean, I've read enough from Michigan fans who have said what well, they would just rather move on from Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean, the biggest story for Harbaugh coming into the season was that he changed the Navy pants and doesn't wear khakis anymore. And, you know, listen, there there aren't very many people that are going to advocate for James Franklin over Jim Harbaugh, but James Franklin at least gets the job done every once in a while. Harbaugh doesn't get it done in big games when it matters. And and that's an issue. If I'm if I'm the Michigan Board of Trustees or whatever you want to call him, I, I understand that he's the hallowed son. He's 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 their mecca. He's their guy. You know, the set greatest the greatest coach uh, in, in ever. But let's be real. You got to win the big games. You got your team has got to be prepared. They they went out there and they laid an egg to um, to Michigan State. Now Mel Tucker's done a great job at Michigan State uh, since he got there, and he's probably gone after this year anyway. But you can't lose. 
to Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State perennially. He's 0-5 against Ohio State. I'm looking up against Little Brother because Little Brother guns in and kicks their ass all the time. But he's 0-5 against Ohio State. And uh, Go ahead, Jared. I'll, I'll want to find the record versus Michigan State here. Yeah, I mean— 3-4. Gotta... and four. So he's 3-9 he's and nine against those two. Yeah, and that's and and it seems like every other year, whoever the home team is, um, they typically win. I know he's had a couple big wins against Penn State in in Ann Arbor in the Big House, but hey, when you play when you play at a stadium like that, you got to win ninety five percent of your games, and he's not able to do that against the big teams and when it matters the most. And you're right, Harbaugh is the story. It's never Cade McNamara. It's never whoever they right. run on defense. It's Harbaugh, and and that and that could be a blessing and a curse, but. At the same time, you gotta you gotta put yourself and your team in position to win those big games, and more often than not, he just has not done that. Right, the big games ha- have eluded him. Um, they've had some success, but they've had a lot of talent too. And that's why I say when when I say that they've done uh, less with more. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has has done a nice job getting talent there, um, but they lose these games. I think he is so conservative. He's not Kirk Ferentz. But the way he goes about things, I've always said Jim Harbaugh coaches like it's 1987 or 1992. He coaches the way it was when he played. Right, back before, you know, this thing called let's throw the hell out of the ball changed football. Jim Harbaugh coaches close to the vest like it was when he played. And to me, when you do that, okay, I want to have a discussion here. I've talked about this extensively with Neil Riddell over the years about Joe Paterno. Okay. Are we going to talk about a fullback here? No, we're going to talk about shortening the game and keeping the other team in the game. Okay? Listen to what I'm telling you here, folks. Okay? If you're just better than the other team, go out and kick their ass. Go make some big plays. Mm-hmm. Let your let your playmakers make plays. Throw the ball. You can have a running game, but throw the ball a good bit down the field. Take your shots. Get a lead. Lengthen the game mm-hmm. so that you can show your superiority throughout the length of a longer game. When you shorten the game, okay, and this is the thing Joe Paterno did forever, and Joe was obviously tremendously successful. But how many times over the years, folks, and folks, I'm asking you to go back 20, 30, 40 years of your Penn State football fandom. How many football games did Penn State let a lesser opponent hang around? The limit does not exist. <laughs> the point being that if you're just going to run the football, even if you've got way better players— if you're just going to run the football and eat up the clock and eat up the clock and eat up the clock and eat up the clock, well, now you've got to score touchdowns when you get down there. Because if you score a field goal, you've still basically kept the other team in the game. And so for years, Penn State would let a lot of lesser opponents hang around. And I'm talking about Minnesota in mm-hmm. 99, Indi- you know, some, some, some games against a Boston College or a Syracuse or something. Uh, they just let them hang around. When Penn State had the talent to beat the hell out of these people. You understand what I'm saying? If, if you're going to be so conservative and just run the ball, you're, you're actually, in, in, I think, more, much more so in the modern era of football than, than during Joe's era. You're going to hurt yourself because you're taking away your playmaker's ability to get a 21-3 to lead if you're just running and running and running and running and running and running. I think you keep both teams in the game that way. 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, like we talked about the defense, and it shortens the field up. When you, it's much harder to score when you're five yards away than it is from twenty or thirty yards away. So when you're when you're running the football and you're all in a confined area, there's no space to get away from the the opponent. So when you're you're when you're grounding and pounding, it, that field gets smaller and smaller, and that lessens your ability to score. You would think that you know the the Penn State Illinois game showed that it is not easy to score from the two yard line, right? Although. It is also easy to to figure out that your coaches are pretty inept that you don't have a play call to get you more than two yards in that situation. Though when you're in that confined space, man, you got to score, and and that's what happens when you're when you're grounding and pounding, you're grinding, and and you're going down the field. Yeah, you're eating up a lot of clock, but you're still giving the opponent an opportunity to go down and score. Because if you only get field goals, hey, you know. Simple math tells me that a touchdown is greater than a field goal. Let's go back to what we talked about earlier. Jared, who has the better offensive line? Michigan. Who has the better defensive line? Michigan. Who are you picking to win? Penn State. Exactly. I I think those answers are pretty obvious with Michigan on the lines. Um, and yet the reason people can still pick Penn State is is that Michigan doesn't do some of the kinds of things that can really hurt Penn State in, ta- in terms of spreading the field, really taking a lot of shots down the field. The things that Michigan does well, Penn State is is pretty well at stopping from a defensive standpoint. I'm picking Michigan to win the game, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if Penn State comes out and hits two or three big plays and and you get a lead, and it's it's harder for Michigan to come back because Michigan— Look, we we talk, I, I I joked earlier with the with the nine seconds of silence uh, about Penn State's Plan B. I'm not sure that Michigan has a, a great Plan B either. They're going to run and run and run, and 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 Cade McNamara is a decent quarterback. But if their running game isn't you know dominating the game, it's tough for Michigan to pull away from people. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the quarterback position, and Harbaugh is supposed to be this quarterback guru. And you want to talk about Penn State's development of quarterback or lack thereof. I think the only person in Big Ten that might be worse than Franklin is Harbaugh. And listen, you got to get teams into conflict, and, and Penn State can spread the field. They have they have the best receiver in the country. I, I wholeheartedly believe that's Jahan Dotson. Um, and Clifford can, does a great job of getting him the football and putting it anywhere near him. Typically, Dotson's going to come down and catch it. And Penn or in Michigan, we haven't seen that ability from from them outside uh, outside the hashes. Right, we're going to step away for a break. When we come back. We're going to uh, talk about what this game means for the rest of the season for Penn State from a bowl perspective, from James Franklin's future perspective. We'll get into all that after the break. All right, we're going to continue our uh, Penn State discussion with Jared Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports. What is this game? And then, really, the Michigan State game at the end, because if they don't beat Rutgers uh, next week, I, I, I can't even really go down that that path. But the Michigan game, Jared, the Michigan State game, what does this mean to James Franklin and his future? Right now, uh, Penn State can still finish 9-3. and three. If Penn State finishes 9-3 and three with wins over Michigan and Michigan State, it's a pretty damn good year. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you lose to, uh, to Ohio State by nine in a game that you're down three going in the fourth quarter, and then you beat Michigan and Michigan State, that's a pretty good year. You lose to Michigan and Michigan State, and you're seven and five. There will be people wanting Franklin out. Not that they want him, you know, to go to USC or LSU. They just want him out. Period. Because the, the, that that's what these two games 
really come down to nine and three, seven and five, and the perception internally, not externally. We'll get to the USC and LSU in a second, but internally of the job James Franklin's doing. Yeah, I mean the biggest thing is, is this is a team that it's largely been intact from last year. This is a team that went four and five last year. They all came, almost all of them came back. Um, but yeah, I mean this these last few games are going to dictate how tropical they get with their bowl game or what what type of destination they go to. If they're seven and five, we'll see in Nashville for New Year's. Um, if that even gets to Nash, it gets to New Year's. It's or we'll, December thirtieth. It's not even New Year's. You, you gotta yeah. go play the game and get home or, before New or Year's. Or you're going <laughs> to the Pinstripe Bowl. Or you're you know. But if you're nine and three, you know, there's an outside chance. Of a premier New Year's Six game. There's an outside chance at the Rose Bowl, depending on some factors. 9-3 and three would most likely be the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. It's a, a damn good game We've against a damn, damn good SEC opponent. And 8-4 and four is, a, is the Outback Bowl. But, but that's, that's what's at stake here. And I've written about James Franklin and, and the, the job potential. Uh, I've gotten some pushback from some people, both on the air here and at the website I work for, saying, hey, can you just back off this until something happens? No, I can't, because that's, that's, this is what we do. We, we have to, the, the next three weeks could be massive to the next 10 years of Penn State football. Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if, if, it, if the worst-case scenario happens and they lose two Rutgers and they lose the next three games. Uh, let's, just say, let's just say, Rutgers, I can't. If they lose to Michigan and Michigan State— does USC want James Franklin at seven and five, coming off of a four and five season? He'll be eleven and ten over the course of two seasons. Does USC want that? No, no, nobody will want that. But then Penn State's going to have to take a look at the mirror. Cindy Barber's going to have to look in her in her mirror every morning and say, "Hey, what do I want this? What do I want this football program to look like?" But if you get rid of James Franklin, who has a good hang on, though, class we're not talking in. about getting rid of him. I'm not talking about getting. He's he's under contract for five more. They're not getting rid of him. Okay, I'm talking about fans wanting him gone. There's a difference. The administration's not going to get rid of him. I'm talking about if you're if you're four and five, and then you're seven and five, you don't have the right to say stupid crap like I'm just giving you guys something to talk about at halftime. Want to know? Want to know? Want to yeah. know? Want to know? If you're four and five followed by seven and five, you're failing, dude. You're you're failing, and that's the difference between these two games. They can beat Michigan. They absolutely can beat Michigan. They absolutely can beat Michigan State. And I'm mm-hmm. going to give you some good news here in a minute. They can beat these teams, but if they don't, and they're seven and five, I, I think the fan base turns on Franklin pretty significantly. Yeah, and I think it's starting to it's starting to kind of reach that fever pitch um, where another bad loss or, or loss to a team that they shouldn't ever lose to. Um, it, that's that's when they're going to turn. You know, 2016, the Minnesota game at halftime, fire Franklin chants were as loud as they ever were. They went on to win the Big Ten Championship that year. Haven't really gotten anywhere close to that. You know, 2017 was okay, get to the, back to the Fiesta Bowl. Since then, though, it's been a, a lot of eh, you know. And and Penn State needs to start, you know, you're getting the recruits. You're, the recruiting is still there. It, it's starting to pick up, you know, in the, in the 2023 class or 2022 class, I should say. But you got to put the results on, on the table. And, and, hey, you know what? I don't blame them. I would be upset, too. You can't lose to Illinois. Last year they lost to Indiana at the beginning of the season. That changed the complexity of the season. You can't and Maryland losing. that's a twenty-seven point favorite. Yeah, you know you got you got embarrassed in five games in a row last year. Uh, COVID this, COVID that, but you have to keep you have to win the games you're supposed to. Hey, there, look, folks, there's no reason to believe, zero reason to believe this team's going to be any better next year. 
Well, what about the recruiting class? Got that's two, three years from now. Jahan Dotson's gone. Jahan Dotson's gone. One or okay. two of the running running backs are going to Brandon's gone. yeah, one of these guys are going to love it's gone, you know, somebody's going to transfer. Brandon Smith is gone. Jaquan Brisker's gone. So Jair so, Brown would be gone, yeah, so, I would imagine. I mean, we're we're if we're sitting here thinking well, we're recruiting class, recruiting class, recruiting class, recruiting class, recruiting class, recruiting class. That's two, three years from now. Those dudes aren't going to be ready to be major impact players for two or three years. Stars don't matter once they get to campus. Yeah, right. And so, you know, that, that again, is why Michigan, Michigan State are so, is so important. But I, I, want, I want to swing this back. And, and I was on a radio show in Nebraska yesterday morning, and they asked me what the feeling uh, in the Penn State football team is. I brought this up. Jared, I want to see your thoughts about this. I think, despite the record, that there's probably a lot of confidence among those Penn State football players about how good they think their football team is. And here's why. They would have beat the hell out of Iowa. One thing happened. Changed the game. One thing. But they all know. They all know they would have won that game. Mm Mm-hmm. They all know that they would have beaten Illinois if Clifford's healthy. This team has essentially this team has been beaten. Okay. They have three losses. They've been beaten once. So if you follow my line of thinking here, connect the dots. I'm not talking about the way the rest of the world perceives things. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about because their offensive line is not very good. Their defensive line, you know, is not as good as Michigan. I'm talking about the way they perceive things themselves. In their mind, I think they believe. They're a hell of a lot better football team than all of us believe because essentially they've really only been beaten one time, and that was by the number four team in the country, and you trailed by three points in the fourth quarter at their place. You follow my thinking about, about the level of confidence that, that can maybe still exist with those, those football players? Yeah, and inside the Penn State vacuum, I think they have a, they've always had a little bit better of a, or more of a belief than what we do as outsiders, right? You know, they're in it every day. They're seeing what they're doing in the weight room, the, on the practice field. Do you think they have the right to have that belief, given the, the given the situation I just laid out with you? We knew the Clifford thing was going to be huge, but they lost. To, they they didn't get beat. They lost two games because their quarterback wasn't wasn't there. No, I absolutely agree. Or 100%. I, I think they do have that opportunity to believe that because you're right, Sean Clifford. As Sean Clifford goes, this offense and this team goes. He is their leader. He is everything that they want him to be, right? And and when you go out to Iowa and you're dominating that football game until he yeah. gets hurt. It's right? 17-3. Man, they, they win that game by 14, 17, 20 points, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and they beat Illinois close. if he's healthy. And that's my point is if, if – if if we're just looking at how they are perceiving things, isn't it fair to think that they still believe they're a really good football team? Oh, absolutely, and and they have every right to believe that. They haven't proven otherwise because they haven't, you know, the the circumstances have beaten them, right? You know, yeah. you get thumped by Illinois on the I, ground. I like the way but. you said that. They've been beaten in one game, and the circumstances beat them in the other two. Right, and, and and that's the thing, you know. This is the opportunity. Now you have two out of three games left against top-ranked teams in the country. Go out, prove your worth, and get some respect in the college football playoff because the they college will. football playoff, 
hasn't hasn't done anything for them right now. They've got it in front of them starting against Michigan. I've got Michigan winning. Jared's got Penn State winning. They've got the opportunity in front of them. Thanks for coming into the studio, buddy. We're going to do this every week with uh, Jared Prugar from DK Pittsburgh Sports here for the rest of the season. Thanks, pal. Thanks for having me, Corey. Gr- great discussion there and a lot of fronts. We'll t- take a break, wrap things up after this. We'll t- take a break, wrap things up after this. We'll t- take a break.